Hello, welcome. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. We have a great show planned for you today. What are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk about the very weird strategy that the Democrats have implemented. They think it will help them win the midterm elections. I think it's going to wildly backfire. We're going to talk about what that odd, weird strategy is and why it's going to wildly backfire. We're also going to talk about the two things that the left claims makes you a fascist. Joe Biden himself actually tells us exactly what those two things are. Take a listen. You may not make that case. I don't consider any Trump supporter, Jeremy, a threat to the country. I do think anyone who calls for the use of violence, fails to contempt the violence against you, refuses to acknowledge when an election has been won, insists upon changing the way in which the rules become votes. That is a threat to democracy. Okay, so what I want to talk about in the show today is definitely not how Joe Biden looked like he was in a nursing home waiting his turn for his medication to be handed out to him. I want to talk about what these two things are that he claims make you a fascist. Those two things would be denying election results and embracing political violence. So I want to talk about which party actually does this in our country in their own words. I also want to talk about the definition of what is a fascist since this word is being used by the left. I also want to talk about what the Democrats' larger plan here. Why did they embrace this very weird strategy of labeling all conservatives as fascists? And finally, I want to talk about what the latest revelations about the FBI Trump raid tells us about all of this, about the Democrats' strategy and what their larger plan is. But first, a quick reminder, I will be in Miami, Florida at NatCon This coming Sunday through Wednesday, so September 11th through 13th in Miami, Florida, I will be at the National Conservatism Conference. It's a great conference. It's one of my favorite conferences to do every year. I will be talking about DEI and ESG on an absolutely phenomenal panel. A little behind the scenes, we had a planning meeting, the panel and I did, or the panel that I am on did. And there's some really, really good, interesting stuff that you probably haven't heard about DEI and ESG. So I not only invite you to tune in online to watch that, but if you're in the area or if you can possibly make it to Miami, Florida, there are still some some tickets available. If you register on their website, it's natcon.org. And you mention my show, The Liz Wheeler Show, when they asked, how did you hear about this conference? You will receive $100 off your admission fee. That makes it just $215 for the whole conference. So natcon.org. I would love to see you there. If you're there, come say hi, introduce yourself. I would love to meet you in person. That's natcon.org. All right, let's dig into it. Okay, I like genucel because people say puffiness and bags under the eyes are the hardest things to get rid of. You don't have to tell me that. (laughs) I have young children, I know that. Until now, introducing genucel plant stem cell therapy, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Due to new technology, genucel is an incredibly powerful but natural serum. And with their instant effects product, it's guaranteed to show results in as little as 12 hours or you get your money back. That's a pretty good deal. Users saw results in only 12 hours with dramatic 
improvement in just two weeks. That's why the Instant Effects is one of my favorite products. I like it. I think you will too. Genusol contains eight ingredients. This is how it works to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, Genusol uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve the longevity and the brilliant long-term results. So it's not one of the products that you put on, you look great, and an hour later, you are dull and baggy again. If you go to genusel.com slash Liz right now, you can try it risk-free. Say goodbye to puffiness and bags today. Order right now. If you use my special code, L-I-Z, you will get an instant 10% off your order. That's right. Genucel promises the best skincare, the best results, or your money back. Go to genucel.com slash Liz, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Liz. And if you use my promo code, Liz, you will get 10% off your order today. You'll be glad you did. Okay. So let's start today by talking about the Democrats' very weird strategy for the midterms. That's the only word that I can think of that adequately describes what clearly the entire party has decided to do to try to win over voters. Now we're less than two months before the midterm elections. The weird strategy that the Democrats have implemented is simply calling conservatives fascists and terrorists. You heard this last week in Biden's very creepy, very... (laughs) devil standing at the gates of hell speech. I cannot believe what kind of idiot light tech would have decided to put those creepy red lights behind Biden as he as he pounds his fists in the air like Dwight Schrute. Remember that episode of The Office when Dwight Schrute was imitating Mussolini at that big paper conference? That's what Joe Biden looked like, except Dwight is a fictional character, which made it kind of funny in the uncomfortable way. And Joe Biden is a real powerful person who, by the way, also used the military, used those two Marines standing behind him as props to his political speech, which is a huge faux pas in politics. When you are giving a purely political speech, as he was, obviously, was campaigning for the midterms, presidents do not use the military as political props. But Joe Biden did when he was speaking from the gates of hell. But this this strategy is very weird, right? It's very counterintuitive. It's very... I don't even know if out of touch is the right word. It's just the question that comes to my mind when I see this is, is this how the Democrats really think that they're going to win the midterms? Because it won't work. The American people, you and I right now are suffering from inflation, from high gas prices, from a border crisis, from violence that's running rampant in cities across the country, from radical gender theory and critical race theory, not just being targeted at our children in schools, but being forced on people in the corporate world as well. And we're being called, we're being called terrorists and fascists if we oppose these things. Yeah, no, I don't think this is going to work. It, it's basically, does Biden think that Republicans are suddenly going to become leftists who reject everything that Republicans believe in and embrace everything that Joe Biden wants to turn our country into because Biden insulted them, because he threw names at them like racist, sexist, bigot, misogynist, terrorist, fascist. I I don't know if Biden understands how it feels to be falsely accused. Because Republicans and conservatives are not fascists and they're not terrorists. And the physiological reaction that any human being has when they are falsely accused will not make Republicans and conservatives more likely to vote for Democrats in the midterm simply to redeem themselves in Joe Biden's eyes, to get back into the good graces of a controlling, woke 
elite ruling class who wants to manipulate our every move in order to control our country to morph, to morph the United States into Marxism. This is such a wild miscalculation on the Democrats' part. Biden literally told people in his speech to reject legitimate political differences. And in the same sentence, Biden condemned all Republican views if they're in alignment with Trump as being illegitimate. This is what communists do. Biden falsely accused us, you and I guys, of being extreme. This man who is at the helm of a party that rips babies limb from limb in the womb, that supports removing the healthy uteruses and the healthy breasts of young girls, of chemically castrating healthy young boys, the left that supports big tech censorship so that you can't say what you want to say, the left supports spending us into inflation, wants to transition us off of fossil fuels onto quote-unquote renewable green energy that will take us back to pre-industrial revolution poverty. I think we know which side is extreme here. And it's not the Republican side. But this is the narrative that the Democrats have decided is going to help them win the midterm elections. It was exemplified by Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin, who was on the January 6th committee. So you get the idea of a little background on who this guy is and whether or not he's credible. He parroted the exact same line that Joe Biden told us. What makes you a fascist? This is what he answered. Issue. So let's review what the former president said this week earlier. He said the 2020 election should be rerun or he should be reinstated in office and that if reelected in 2024, he would provide apologies and full pardons to those charged and or convicted for storming the Capitol on January 6th. Evaluate that. Well, first, if he's saying that the election should be rerun, which is something he's been asserting from the beginning, that's totally outside of the Constitution. There's no procedure for the military just to seize the election machinery and run a new election, which is one of the things that his disgraced former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, was pushing and we know was part of the January 6th plot. Um, and uh, look, more than 60 courts rejected every claim of electoral fraud and corruption, which Donald Trump advanced. Um, he's had the benefit of more than 60 courts, including eight courts where he appointed the judges to office, look at all those claims, and they were all rejected. Uh, it was rejected in the states, and he lost the election. Two of the hallmarks of a fascist political party are, one, they don't accept the results of uh, elections that don't go their way, and two, they embrace political violence. And I think that's why President Biden was right to sound the alarm this week about these continuing attacks on our constitutional order from the outside by Donald Trump and his movement. Okay, so he's a pretty smooth political talker because what he does, what Jamie Raskin does rhetorically, is he pretends that one thing is the same as another thing when the two things are not actually comparable. So when Jamie Raskin says, well, you can't overturn the outcome of an election, that's not true. We have precedent in our country of the outcome of an election being overturned, of an election being redone because there was fraud that invalidated the results of that first election. The example here, and Democrats might find it pretty ironic here, but an example here is in North Carolina, there was a congressional election that was very recently, within the last five years, overturned because a Republican candidate for office engaged in illegal ballot harvesting. That's against the law. Why is it against the law? because it's very vulnerable to voter fraud. 
there was evidence in this case that the Republican candidate for Congress had not only engaged in this illegal act of ballot harvesting, which is collecting ballots of other people and dropping those ballots off at the polling place, but that the count or the tally of the votes that he had illegally collected and dropped off favored him to such an enormous proportion that it seemed very unlikely that he or someone around him hadn't tampered with those votes. The result of that election, that Republican initially won after cheating. But what happened is a court overturned that election because it was an invalid result of the election because there was cheating. So Jamie Raskin likes to pretend that one thing is another. He does this again when he gives a false choice about the courts. He says 60 courts rejected claims from the Trump orb about election integrity or a lack of election integrity. What he doesn't mention is, yes, 60 courts did reject lawsuits related to the election because of terrible lawyers, because of arguments that weren't yet coherent, because we didn't know initially exactly how the Democrats had rigged the 2020 election. So yes, it's true that courts rejected it, but that's not the same as saying a court meticulously combed through everything that we know now about what happened in 2020 and found with the full breadth of evidence and no bias that there was no problems with election integrity in 2020. Those are not the same thing at all. And Jamie Raskin knows this, right? He's a smooth political operator. He knows exactly what he's doing. But what he's hoping is that you and I won't see the difference between between two things that are not the same that he pretends are the same. The big question that we should ask, though, is when Jamie Raskin echoes Joe Biden by saying the hallmarks of a fascist political party are one, they don't accept the results of elections that don't go their way, and two, they embrace political violence. The obvious question here is, okay, well, let's play by your rules for a second. Let's accept the premise that you are presenting for one second, and let's ask the question, which political party in our country acts like this? Which political party refuses to accept the results of elections that don't go their way? And which political party embraces political violence in pursuit of their political agenda? We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about a brand new sponsor for the show. This is a sponsor that I'm really excited about. They're called Upside. And the reason I think that you will relate to Upside the way that I do is because from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting all of us where it hurts. And it really hurts. And of course, I'm talking about our pocketbook, right? That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, buys groceries, or dines out, which means all of us, you, me, and everyone listening. With every single purchase, I'm actually earning cash back thanks to Upside. It's a super easy app to use. So if you're not tech savvy, that's okay. I like it. I know you will too. It really works. With the cash back I earn, I can buy Lady Baby a little something extra, maybe something extra for me, maybe something extra for my husband, who I forgot to mention in buying a little something extra the last time uh, we talked about the Upside app. So I want to make sure to include him here. Here's exactly how it works. To get started, all you do is download the free Upside app. You use my promo code LIZ5, and you can get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. You check in at the business, but you pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, and then you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week 
probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app and use promo code Liz5 to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code Liz5 after you download the free Upside app. So who acts like this? Which political party rejects the results of elections that don't go their way and embraces political violence? Let's journey back to January of 2017, shortly after Donald Trump won the presidency, after he defeated Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election. What a great night that was. One of the surprises of my life. I will never forget that experience. Several months, just two months later, before the Electoral College was certified and President Trump was inaugurated and you know, took the White House and the Oval Office, a Democratic congressman by the name of Jamie Raskin contested the results of an election that didn't turn out the way he wanted it to turn out. I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. I object to the votes from the state of Wisconsin, which were not, should not be legally se- certified. No debate. Or regu- Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes no, were no not. No debate. There's no debate. And I object to the certificate uh, from the state of North Carolina. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. Um, I object. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. The objection cannot be entertained. The debate is not in order. Ballot. Even with the there is no debate in order. Is it signed by a senator? There is, right no there is no debate. There is no debate in the joint government. session. There is no debate. There is no debate. There is no debate. Please come to order. The objection cannot be received. Section 18, Title III of the United States Code prohibits debate in the joint session. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States senator who will join me in this letter? There is no debate. There is no debate. That might be the only time in the history of Joe Biden's life where I like hearing what Joe Biden has to say. The objection cannot be received. The objection cannot be received. That's right. The objection cannot be received because you are not operating under the proper procedure for objecting to the certification of the Electoral College. He looked a little bit younger not quite as weathered by the evil in which he is partaking now, but Jamie Raskin contested the results of the 2016 election. Isn't this one of the hallmarks of a fascist party objecting and rejecting the results of an election that doesn't go your way? This wasn't a one-off thing either. Rewind even further, all the way back to the 2000 election, Bush versus Gore, who's ever, none of us are ever going to forget that election either. Who? is contesting the results of that election. Will you look at that? It's Jamie Raskin again. The court has been thwarting formation of the popular will, the most spectacular example being Bush versus Gore, where the majority by a 5-4 vote enjoined the counting of more than 100,000 ballots in Florida and essentially gave America its first court-appointed president. Is it just me or does he look exactly like Alex Berenson? Just saying, I know Alex Berenson's gonna be insulted by that, but it is what it is. Everyone has a doppelganger. Jamie Raskin engaged not once, but twice in rejecting the outcome of a presidential election because he didn't like the way that it turned out. That's half of the hallmark of what makes someone a fascist, according to Raskin himself, according to Joe Biden. And it's not just Raskin. 
Maybe you never heard of Raskin before he was on the January 6th committee. He's not that prominent of a Democrat. What about the leaders of the Democratic Party? The people who you associate with the very term Democratic Party? What about Hillary Clinton? You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Oh, the election was stolen, which means the election was illegitimate which means you reject the outcome of an election because it didn't go your way. Well, Hillary, you're halfway to being a fascist, according to Joe Biden. I didn't make the rules. I'm just playing by the rules that the left said here. What about those who hold the highest office in our land? The Democrats who serve as president and vice president. What about Kamala Harris? How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's what I'm thing. scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you you know, fighting against that in 2020. You are absolutely right. You are absolutely right, Kamala says. He's an illegitimate president who didn't really win. What is that, Kamala? Well, I think, I think that's rejecting the outcome of an election because you didn't like the way that it turned out. Halfway, now we have the second most prominent Democrat in our entire country who's engaging in one half, 50% fascist behavior. What about Joe Biden? He's an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice presidential candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree, says the president of the United States, the most prominent Democrat in our country, that President Trump was an illegitimate president. If he's an illegitimate president, that means you're rejecting the outcome of an election because it didn't go the way you wanted it to go. Joe Biden made the rules. Joe Biden needs to live by it. So that's one half of what it takes to become a fascist, according to Joe Biden, rejecting the outcome of an election. What about the other half? What about people who embrace political violence? Who does this? Which party in our country embraces political violence as a way to further their political agenda? Now, I like Nutrafol because it's both natural and it works. And you know I'm a pretty crunchy person. I love a solution to any problem that is as natural as possible. Well, if you are someone who struggles with hair loss, there's a holistic solution for you, for men, that promotes both healthier hair and whole body wellness without drugs or prescriptions. It's called Nutrafol. It's clinically shown to improve hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage without compromise. We all know what I mean when I say without compromise. A lot of other hair growth supplements decrease your sex drive. Nobody wants that. Not so with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is comprised of 21 potent natural ingredients that actually support sex drive, support better sleep, and less stress too. In a clinical study, men showed progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness after three and six months. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and simultaneously support our show, win-win, by going to Nutrafol.com and entering promo code Liz to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere. It's only available to US customers for a limited time. Plus, you'll get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. It's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Liz. Nutrafol.com, promo code Liz. So the second half of being a fascist after you have rejected the outcome of an election because it does not go your way, the second half is embracing political violence. Which political party in our country does this? Which political party embraces violence as a medium for pursuing and achieving their political agenda? This via Justin Hart is all of the high-ranking Democrats who have actually endorsed violence as a legitimate political tactic, as long as that violence is targeted at us. 
I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. Well, you would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's the Democratic Party. And it's not just that Democrats irresponsibly and recklessly use their words to foment violence, to encourage other people to commit acts of violence against Republicans. It's that the left is actively doing this themselves. In the streets, Black Lives Matter, one of the biggest leftist Democrat-supported operations in modern American history, uses street tactics of violence to try to draw attention to their very obscure Marxist political agenda. You can, you can watch this video on the screen right now. What is this? These are Black Lives Matter agitators that are stopping cars. They're essentially committing carjackings. Why? So that the media does what the media does. So that the media brings attention to the political agenda of the Black Lives Matter movement. What is the political agenda of the Black Lives Matter movement? It's just Marxism. Abolish the police, abolish prisons, abolish our criminal justice system, abolish the nuclear family, abolish capitalism. These are obscure, evil ideologies. Black Lives Matter would never get traction on their own, so they had to latch onto a false fear that politicians have instilled in Black people in our country, telling them that you're going to be shot for being Black by a systemically racist police force. The Black Lives Matter movement hijacked that false narrative in order to give rise to their political agenda. When that false narrative was debunked, what did Black Lives Matter do? 
They committed violence. Why? To push their political agenda. The left is actively trying to harm individual people on the right because they are conservative or Republicans. And the Black Lives Matter agitators that took over our streets in the past three years admit this to media outlets, admit the tactics that they use to try to harm both property and people. The left doesn't just use reckless words, they actively partake in violence. I mean, look at what they've done to cities across the United States. It's less safe in cities across the United States because of the violence of Antifa, of Black Lives Matter, of radical leftist organizations. You can, you can see this on the screen. This looks like a war zone. This looks like a third world country. These are people breaking windows, dressed in black, pretending to be militants, burning cities, attacking cops. People trying to cross the street are having firebombs thrown at them. Police officers are seriously critically wounded. Why? Because the left embraces political violence. Look at this shocking footage. And of course it's political. It's political, opposed to Trump. It's political trying to label you and I as fascists when Joe Biden himself set the rules. He said, there are two elements that make you a fascist. If you deny the results of an election because you don't like the way it turned out and if you embrace political violence. So which party in our country embodies these two characteristics? Which party denies election results? Well, that would be the left. And which party uses political violence in pursuit of their political agenda? Also the left. This violence and these insults against you and I, calling us a fascist, calling us terrorists, this is the strategy, the weird strategy of the left going into the midterm elections. They think falsely accusing us of being evil people is gonna convince us to wanna be on their team. Nothing could be further than the truth. But if this is the strategy, then why did they choose this strategy? Since it's such an obvious miscalculation. To find the answer to that question, we have to look at the updates regarding the FBI's raid of Mar-a-Lago. So over the course of the last four or five days, there have been several developments in the course of, of this thing that's happening, which means this thing is the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago. And then you and I, as concerned American citizens, trying to uncover the truth, not letting the left pull the wool over our eyes like they did with Russia collusion, like they did with Ukraine, like they did with countless others until we finally learned their playbook and learned to stop them. So in the course of the past couple of days, a special master was appointed, a court approved the Trump, well, Trump's request for a special master to be appointed. That means sort of a neutral arbiter who will look at the documentation that the FBI took from Mar-a-Lago to determine what is either something that belongs to the federal government under the Presidential Records Act, or whether this documentation, these documents that Trump had, whether they're covered by executive privilege, whether they're personal belongings, or whether they're declassified documents that President Trump is allowed to take with him to Mar-a-Lago. That is a positive development. And I say this with cautious optimism, because of course it depends on who exactly the special master appointed is, whether they are biased, whether they are just, whether they are fair. We'll see, that remains to be seen. But a couple of the other details 
that we learned about what the FBI did at Mar-a-Lago and what the FBI took from Mar-a-Lago, tell us a little bit more about what this raid was truly about. The first part of this is the New York Times reported that many of Trump's medical records were also seized by the FBI. Huh. So the first the New York Times reports that the medical records were seized. Now you and I, we can expect to see the New York Times releasing embarrassing, perhaps even humiliating, damaging medical information about President Trump. Because if the New York Times knows that medical documents and records were taken by the FBI, how did the New York Times know that? Oh, because the FBI told them. Because the Department of Justice tells information to their favorite sources, the people, the 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 reporters, so-called reporters and outlets like CNN, like MSNBC, like the New York Times, like the Washington Post, that will serve as just mouthpieces for the deep state in the federal government. So we learned through the New York Times that Trump's medical records were seized. We also learned that the FBI seized a total of 11,000 pages of documents from Mar-a-Lago. But out of the 11,000 documents, that's a lot of pieces of paper, by the way. That would be like piles on my desk, piles all around me filling this studio. Only 100 documents had some sort of classification marking on them. 100 out of 11,000. So less than 1% of the documents that the FBI took from Mar-a-Lago had a classification marking. Now, again, I said this last week, the real question that we should be asking is not, did Trump do something wrong? The real question is actually zooming out and saying, do you dispute that President Trump declassified these documents per the standing order that when he took documents from the White House to Mar-a-Lago, he had a standing order to declassify those documents to allow him to take them home with him? Or do you dispute President Trump's authority to declassify any document that he wants as president of the United States being the ultimate arbiter of classification? That's really the question here. So even when we hear this phrase, 100 classified documents, we still haven't dealt with the question of, well, Did Trump declassify them because he had the ultimate authority to do so? Unless you're disputing that he did declassify them or that he had a right to declassify them. Regardless, if you're interested in a more in-depth analysis of that, check out the episode from last week called Is Trump Guilty? But 100 documents, less than 1% of everything that the FBI took, that's a very, very, very marginal number compared to 11,000 documents that they took. So some of the things that that they found or that we now know surrounding the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago is that the Department of Justice actually sought the subpoena to do this raid, to carry this out before they ever reviewed what were in the 15 boxes of documents that that the Trump camp had willingly handed over to the FBI in June. So when Trump was cooperating, as he claims he was the entire time, the FBI came to Mar-a-Lago His lawyers were showing the FBI around Mar-a-Lago. Trump even came and visited and and said hi and, you know, wished everyone good luck in this meeting. He was cooperating with this. The Department of Justice took 15 boxes, but before they even determined whether what they were looking for was in those boxes, they submitted, they sought this subpoena to raid, I don't know, Melania Trump's closet and Barron Trump's room. This is, this is quite something because you're looking, we're looking for indications of who acted in good faith and who acted not in good faith. But if, a, if the Department of Justice sought a subpoena before they even knew if they had what they were looking for, then we can assume that they were not acting in good faith, that they were on a fishing expedition. The other thing that we learned about this raid is that 
Joe Biden himself directed this raid. I'm going to pull up this, this document because I want to read it to you. It's part of a court filing. And this is what it says. It says, quote, providing the FBI access to the records in question as requested by the incumbent president beginning as early as Thursday, May 12th, 2022. So providing the FBI access to the records in question as requested by the incumbent president. Who's the incumbent president? Joe Biden is the incumbent president. So Joe Biden, it didn't say his administration. It said the incumbent president. So Joe Biden requested that these documents be obtained by the FBI, that the FBI have access to them. Joe Biden claimed he had no idea what was going on, that he was not informed prior to this raid, that this was something completely separate from him, something that falls under the helm of the Department of Justice. Joe Biden is a liar. On August 25th of 2021, the D.C. District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin issued a 36-page filing that also shows us exactly what the FBI and the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland's ulterior motive was for staging this raid. We were told that it was about classified documents, but we all know that classified documents might be the fallback. It might be the secondary strategy. If the initial strategy, the initial fishing expedition looking for something related to January 6th didn't come to fruition. This is what D.C. District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin wrote. She said, on January 25th, 2021, pursuant to Section 2205-2C of the Presidential Records Act, the committee, she's talking about the January 6th committee, issued a document request to NARA, that's the National Archives, seeking several categories of records from the Executive Office of the President and the Office of the Vice President. Specifically, the select committee sought written communications, calendar entries, videos, photographs, or other media relating to plaintiff, they're talking about Trump, plaintiff's January 6th speech, the January 6th rally and subsequent march, the violence at the Capitol, and the response within the White House. The committee also requested materials from specific time periods relating to any planning by the White House and others regarding the January 6th electoral count, preparation for rallies leading up to the January 6th violence, information plaintiff received regarding the election outcome, plaintiff's public remarks regarding the election outcome and the validity of the election system more broadly, and for a specified time frame surrounding the 2020 election, documents and communications of the plaintiff and certain of his advisors relating to the transfer of power and obligations to follow the rule of law, including with respect to actual or potential changes in personnel at certain executive branch agencies and relating to foreign influence in the election. These requests are the subject of this lawsuit. So concealing this argument from the Department of Justice, from the National Archives, that President Trump was concealing classified documents, this was just a fallback. It's a secondary strategy, and it might be a very tactically clever secondary strategy to help the Democrats achieve their ultimate goal, but the original purpose of this FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago, make no mistake, it was a fishing expedition for the January 6th committee to find some dirt that they couldn't find with any of their witnesses because it doesn't exist. President Trump didn't coordinate the violence that happened on January 6th. He had nothing to do with it, and he condemned it. But the January 6th committee thought, huh, if we go on a fishing expedition, if we look through every single piece of paper that President Trump took from the White House, maybe we'll find something to hang our hats on. 
but they didn't. The real why, the real answer to the reason, why did the Democrats choose this strategy of calling us fascists and terrorists as a, a very weird <laughs> a very weird way of trying to convince us to vote for them in the midterm elections? The real why is because they want to criminalize us if we question their actions. And the way that they're doing that is they're trying to criminalize President Trump for questioning the outcome of an election. If they criminalize Trump for questioning the outcome of an election, then they can criminalize us for questioning the outcome of an election. And if they can criminalize us for questioning the outcome of an election, then they can criticize, they can criminalize us for criticizing anything that they do or anything that they say, as long as they pretend that what we're saying is our words are actual violence that cause a threat to our actual democracy. When you look at the weird strategy of the left who thinks that calling us terrorists is going to win them the midterm elections, if you look at that strategy through this lens, suddenly it makes a lot more sense. Over on Locals, we're going to talk about how the last vestiges of the argument for the COVID vaccine have just been decimated by a new scientific study. We were told, first we were told that you need to get the vax to protect yourself. Then we were told, well, you need to get the vax to protect other people. Then we were told, you need to get the vax because it reduces the risk of serious illness. But what if it doesn't? What if the study decimates even that argument? Join us, lizwheelershow.com slash locals. If you use my promo code access, you can watch for free for the first month of your annual subscription. You're not gonna wanna miss this one. lizwheelershow.com slash locals, promo code access. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. 